Love Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you, Greg? Man, I'm doing I'm I'm great. I'm better than great. <laughs> yes, sir. I am yes, blessed. Sir. I'm blessed. Highly favored. And I'm just ready. You know, we, we didn't do a show Friday night, so I'm I'm all fired up to do the show tonight. And I just know in my heart that somebody will be touched, somebody will be blessed and the energy will be restored. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I was uh I was pondering about doing the show before we decided to cancel it. And um, ironically enough, my wife was graduating that night. And so I was kind of torn. I was like, should I do the show or should I go to the graduation? And I said, I better go to this graduation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to stay in the house, you you did the right thing, Brian. I Absolutely. think you would have got kicked out. And, uh, I mean, I have an extra room, but I'm, I'm sure that wouldn't... I mean, you did, that's not nothing is like being at home and supporting your family. So that was, you did just what you're supposed to do. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it was just, you know, and I was kind of torn because I'm like, I know this show is helping people, and I know, you know, I enjoy just, you know, just the conversation and the camaraderie that we have, you know, with the people that we have come on the show and the callers. And I love y'all so much that I was actually thinking about not going. <laughs> and I said, I better go because family comes first you know it's faith family and then fellowship so i had to go ahead and do my you know be faithful to my family so i can continue to fellowship yeah yeah and you know the wonderful thing about what we do it's so easy to praise god when things are going the way you want them to go but when things go south and things start happening that we don't understand will you work your faith that's when that's when you're supposed to really work your faith Everything is not going to be peaches and cream and, and, and just just wonderful at all times. Some, some Life will throw curves at you that none of us will understand. But even when we don't understand it, that's when we're supposed to work our faith. Because it is written, without faith, and with, you know, without works, faith is dead. You can't do anything without it. But you have to have that. You have to have that faith. Do you agree? Oh, I agree, totally. You know, like I say, faith without work is dead. I mean, dead. and without yes. faith, it is impossible to please God. Yes. And so tonight's topic is called Still Faithful. Do it all. <laughs> you know, you know, a lot of times we go through things and, you know, the first thing we want to do is say, Why, God? How can you put me in that situation? You know? Yes. And, um... You know, the, the woman of God that we have coming on tonight is definitely going to tell her story. She's going to tell you all. And, you know, she's going to pour her heart out and pour out her story to you all. You know, and, and you'll understand why we picked this topic when you hear her. Uh, yeah. Tonight's special guest is Miss Carcella Harris. Are you there, Miss Harris? I'm here. All right. How Welcome you doing? Welcome to the Solutions Hour. How are you doing, Miss Harris? Thank you. It's a blessing to be Yes. On hour, be with you tonight. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Thank you. You, I, you know what? It's just awesome. It's just so awesome. Uh, whenever I hear you speak, I just sit there and I listen because as you're speaking, you're teaching. And uh, when we were at the community center, Jake gave the community center a couple of months back, 
you got up and you spoke, but when you were, as you were speaking, so much energy was just, you know, I mean, you could just see it. And and everybody was saying, you know, this woman is speaking from her heart, and that's a beautiful thing. And I just, I'm just so thankful for you to come on and bless us tonight with your presence. I'm glad to be here. You know, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, as I was listening to uh, you and Brian talk, I was we were talking about faith and still being faith. And the scripture came to me uh, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. You know, when you think about faith, I heard you say that it's easy to praise God when things are going well, but when things are out of your control, when it seems like you don't know which way to turn, what you're going to do then, that's when your faith steps in to know that God's promises stand for sure. You know, I'm a living witness that if we trust God, he will do just what he says he will do. You know, I'm one that that knows and that, that have been through some things in my life and that God has blessed me and brought me through. Sometimes the days were dark, but he blessed me, and he has brought me through to the point in my life, you know, for for almost 18 years I'm an, I've been HIV positive and still there. And many times people look at me and, and they can't tell whether or not I am, but I am. And sometimes I wonder, you know, and my story is that I was a person that attended church, that loved God, I had a job, a single mother at that time, a mother of three children, and I was just going and living my life as I knew it. And I, and I, the three places that I attended most was home, work, and church. That was my life. But one day, you know, sometimes everybody wants to have a person in their life. You know, nobody really wants to be alone. And being a woman, I didn't want to be alone, and I just really didn't want to raise these three boys by myself. And then one day in came an ex-boyfriend of mine. He walked into the church door. That's why I want people to be aware that that uh, no one is exempt from being HIV positive. He walked into the church door, and sparks start flying again, and he asked me to marry him. And, of course, because I wanted somebody in my life at that time, I said yes. And we married. And in our third year of marriage, my husband began to get sick. And I didn't know what was going on because a lot of times we don't know the direction God has taken in our lives, but he knows. That's why he told us to trust in him with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. And I, uh, but he, he began to get sick. You know, no matter what we did, medicines didn't work. He couldn't keep food down. He couldn't, uh, uh, he was losing weight, and I didn't understand what was going on. And our pastor at that time suggested that we go to the doctor. We went on to the doctor, and as we were describing the symptoms to the doctor, she suggested that he uh, be tested for HIV. And at that moment, Greg and Brian and all the listeners out there, you know, it's almost like my world shattered because, you know, I was in a box. Sometimes going to church and everything, we think we're exempt, you know, that just can't happen. You know, this can't be happening to me. But, you know, uh, he took the test. Two weeks later, the test came back positive. And uh, my, they, she also suggested that I be tested. And, of course, I was tested, and my test came back positive. And, uh, and you know, I didn't know what shock was until that, they told me that I was positive. And I went through a, a days, I don't know how long I was in shock. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anger. I didn't feel pain. I didn't feel, I was just in a state of shock. 
But I knew at all the time that I was uh, uh, in that state of shock that God was there with me. And in my husband's last days, I found out in my husband's last days, we married in 1989. And in my husband's last days while he was there in the hospital, I found out through his brother that he had known that he was, um, found out that he was HIV positive in 1988, and he didn't share that information with me. I went to a state of shock then, but God was still faithful. And I had to walk through my husband's sickness when he got down to about 100 pounds and he couldn't eat. And I had to deal with that all, all the time, knowing that maybe one day I could look like that too. But you know what? The Lord kept me. He kept me faithful. He kept me looking after my husband. He blessed me through that. And I want people to know that, that uh, no one out there is exempt. We have to be wise. And we have to trust the Lord to direct our lives because the scripture let us know it is not within man to direct his own path. But my husband died in 1994. I'm still here praising the Lord, had some rough days. But through it all, the Lord has been faithful, and I've been faithful to him. So, Ms. Harris, I mean, yes. wow. You know, your testimony is just so awesome. I don't even know where to begin to ask questions. But, you know, the first time I heard you talk about that, you know, I was I had actually gone in, into com- like a complete and total shock because I had no clue, you know, that that was going to be your testimony. I thought you were going to talk about another family member, you know, because it's very rare that you have somebody come out and talk about, you know, their status when they are positive. And, you know, they'll be quick to say, oh, I'm negative, I'm negative, I'm good. You know, but for somebody to have the courage to come out and say, I am positive. And, you know, I know you go out and you talk to groups and you volunteer to go and talk to, like, the youth and to everybody, wherever, you know, they'll have you go. And so it just takes a lot of courage to do that. But how, what was your reaction? You know, I know you say you went into a state of shock, but what what was actually running through your head when, your brother-in-law says he was already positive and he knew. You know, my brother-in-law, you know, I was, what, at that particular time, I thought I was sharing something with them for the very first time, all right, you know, because uh, James, was, that was my husband, and he was in his last hours. And, and, I, and I, I shared with them, I said, well, James is, uh, uh, he's dying from AIDS, and I, I, and I have tested positive, too. And his brother, the reaction from his brother at that time, he got angry with his brother because his brother thought that James had told me that he was HIV positive because he shared with them, but he didn't share with me. And uh, it was just instant. Like I said, I, uh, I did go into a state of shock. My feeling was actually my brother-in-law was uh it was probably expressing my feelings at the time because he really got angry. He said, my brother is in there dying, and I'm so mad at him. You know, so but at that particular time, I just couldn't get mad at him. Sometime after, when I came out, I did have some anger, you know, because I don't know what I would have done if he had told me beforehand. I, I honestly can say that, that I don't know if I would have married him. I don't know, but... I, all I know is that this must, this was supposed to be in my cup. 
You understand what I'm saying? This is something that the Lord has allowed me to go through so I can I can be a witness to others and I can warn others that we need to, to uh, uh, get the information that we need because uh, if we think that it can't touch me, trust me, I was living a life of celibacy. I was not dating. I was not running the street. I was ministering in my church. I was teaching Sunday school. I was raising three young boys. So, so my life was not one of, uh, uh, I was not an IV drug user. I was not promiscuous. I was a church woman, a holy roller, as they would say. And, but uh, so people can understand God has a reason for everything. And I want people to understand that if, if, if God would have asked me, did I want to bear this cup, trust me, I would have told him, no, sir. But God knows just how much we can bear. Yes. You know, Mrs. Harris, um, when you found out all of this, I mean, it happened so fast, and, you know, you were supposed to be this happy bride. You were supposed to be still honeymooning for a couple of years. Now you're faced with a doctor telling you something that just shook your world and shook your foundation, and you, you said you were numb. Mm-hmm. When... When this all happened, were you angry with God at any any point? I, I believe I was, because at some point, you know, I just didn't want to to hear about it because I just knew God knew that this man was HIV positive. He could have told he, you know, God knew it. He could have told somebody. He could have told my lady. He could have told me. It was just like nothing. It was like uh, uh, nothing. And trust me, when when if you. When that man came back into my life, he was a big, fine, healthy-looking fellow. You couldn't look at him and tell anything was wrong with him. And I, and I believe I was, but I also believe that God understood. I was angry at God because God knows everything. And he didn't, at the time, bother to, to, to share it. Now, a lot of people may not be that honest with you, but that's, all, that's how I, we have to deal with God in honesty. And so, yes, I was. I was, but it didn't stay there. I didn't stay there because through it all, I see him begin to work. I see him begin to strengthen me, and I and I'm, I am able to go through. And I was angry, and I stayed kind of like in the closet. I wouldn't share this. I wouldn't tell anybody because I saw and I heard the, the negative comments. I saw people, uh, uh, I knew about rejection, so I wouldn't share this. Even some of my church members rejected me. You know, one one of my church members told her sons, don't, don't hug me. That hurt me. You know, because I, I didn't know enough about this disease at that time how to answer. All I knew was that I felt rejected, even healthcare professionals at that time. Because this was in the 80s, early 90s. They, uh, we didn't have as much information. They were afraid to touch me. They treated me like I was less than, but through it all, you know, there was some anger there, but God didn't let me stay bitter. You know, I was just about to ask you um, a question about how did people treat you and, you know, how your church treated you, and you started to answer the question before okay. that. But okay. what was, what you know, now that you kind of went on that, what was the response from your pastor? You know, did you know, was your pastor a person of compassion or, you know, your other church members? Did everybody treat you? as if you were untouchable, or was it just uh, that certain few? That certain 
that certain few. No, my pastor was, was a man of God. And he didn't push me to, to do anything, but he would always encourage me. I, would have, I needed somebody to talk to. His wife, they were, they were compassionate, their children. You know, my children, when I finally told them. So, but it was just, it, it was just one person in particular, really, and her children. And, and I realized that it was out of ignorance at that time, but for, for a while I just couldn't understand. You know, even at that time, can no one know the pains or the hurts that it caused me unless you have walked in my shoes at that particular time? And so I wouldn't share it. You know, you, you talk about because of that hurt, I wouldn't get out and share it with others. Mm-hmm. Wow. I would not share that with, with others. But along the way, as I be, the Lord began to strengthen me, as I, I began to stay close to him, and he just all of a one day he just told me to, to tell it in a room full of people, in a church, really. Mm. And he, he just told me to share it. Wow. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our special guest tonight is Costello Harris. If you have any questions for Ms. Harris or Brian and myself, you can please call Please call the number 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. We have a MySpace question for Ms. Harris. Ms. Harris, the question is, was it ever a time when you wanted to give up and not fight to live? Yes, that was a couple of times. One time, you know, just uh, before I moved to Tallahassee, I was in uh, Pensacola, and I just got tired of battling because, you know, being positive, you're not exempt from being sick. I, I, I was sick, and I was uh, just going through so many things, personal things in my life. And I just uh, uh, I just laid my head back on my pillow, and I, I really did give up, and I can actually feel my life leaving. And the voice of the Lord says, fight. And I shook it off. And I could feel the life coming back because I was tired. I was tired of, of battling. I had been battling for so long. And, yes, I was tired. But God, he was still faithful in that he just quit. But he said, fight. And I did. And it's not easy, but if, if, if God be for you, he's more than the whole world against you. And I, because I... I thought, I'm still here. I, I have to tell this story. It was not my time. I have to tell this story. Sometimes telling this story is not easy. Right. Because, okay, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was saying you're right. You're absolutely right. Yes, it, it's not easy because you still, even with all the education, with the knowledge that we have, you still have some people, and I've met met them, that don't even want to be in the same room with me that don't want to uh, 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 sit close to me. But that's okay. That's a small number. You have others that can be strengthened by it. So when, when I wanted to give it all up, God said fight because uh, I had to be here for just this time yes. to talk to Greg and Brian and, and, and the radio audience out there yes. because, uh, I'm you know, I'm praying that somebody can be helped. Yes. You know, you said that his family, his side of the family, knew that he was infected, and he didn't tell you. What was the relationship after you found out? What was the relationship with you and his family after that, when everything came out? It was still. It was. I tell you, uh, his family is is good. Was good, and because 
of my faith in God. You know, when you when you striving to live a life for God, you, you forgiveness is a powerful thing. Yes, it is. We still had that relationship. We still had that uh, uh, that bond. He was still close to his brothers, and I was close to his his brother and and uh, his his children and his mother. So the relationship uh, 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 didn't change, and that's only because of the grace of God. And I'm I'm thankful for that. Yes, Ms. Harris, we have a, a caller from the four seven eight area code. Caller, are you there? Yes. Yes. Hello. Hi. Um, Ms. Harris, I, I really applaud um, your courage and just walking in such a spirit of forgiveness. Um, what I want to say or comment on um, is not um, to judge, but it's it's mainly to really help the listeners. But um, my thing is I, I was, you know, too, like you, um, single for about 11 years, waiting on God and staying busy before God. But when my husband came along, um, I, was, I wasn't I was focused. I had a lot going on in ministry, just um, tired of the waiting process, just really going through a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew within my heart that he was not my husband, but because I was kind of, I would say, all focused, I allowed, you know, myself to get in a marriage, and I suffered a lot of physical and mental abuse. And my comment and my question to you, and, and this for other people, other women that that are in the waiting process, and we want to, you know, spare them from from certain things that we've been through. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you you were focused and you you was hearing from God and you knew that this man was your husband? What kind of state spiritually were you in at that time? Well, like I said earlier, you know, I you know I wanted someone in my life, and I I knew him. He was an ex-boyfriend that came back, and and the, the irony of that is one thing he he had told me later on when we got married. He said that years early that God had spoke to him when when he was not even thinking about marriage or uh, becoming a saved man. That God had spoke to him and said he was going to marry me, and he said he told God, "No, I am not." And when I met him, uh, when he came back into my life, yes, uh, uh, he was a joy. You understand what I'm saying? Everything that happened, that that one negative thing, that that one powerful thing that he withheld from me, not telling me that, is is the, the only really downfall. But I that I had a good husband. If people can understand that, I had a good husband. I think he died sooner than he he was supposed to because of the guilt, really, that he felt that he had, you know, um, not let me know that he was positive. But he didn't skip a beat when it came to taking care of me and looking and, and looking after my children. There was no mental or physical abuse. He was a man among men at, 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 for that one mistake. But like you say, I understand, uh, uh, you know, there are people out there that move too soon. And I beg to differ when people say that every marriage God didn't put together. I just believe every marriage God didn't put together. But I believe God brought us together for a purpose. For this season in, in my life right now, would I want to be HIV positive? Because in this testimony, no. And would you have wanted to to go through the abuse and whatever? No. But uh, that was just in our cup. And you, and just like I can share my testimony, you can share yours. But that's a good thing you brought. Sometimes, sometimes you know we hear, like you say, we hear. But I say, no, this is not the one. He gives us hints along the way. 
But sometimes we just want to walk in denial because we want somebody just that badly. But I never did think that this was not the man for me. I never did. And okay, then, I, yes, I was angry at him at times, but I was able to forgive. And I know what you're saying, um, that we we don't know the cup that we must drink from or um, what God will have us to go through for um, the furtherance of the gospel and how we may, you know, have to minister this, through the same thing that we went through for others. But I just wanted the listening audience for women that are, you know, in the waiting process and maybe have waited years like we did, mm-hmm. you know, to really, really seek God. And what we go through, it can also, you know, spare people from our hurt. I mean, even yeah. though I hear what you're saying, and like you say, it's not all the time that that man wasn't meant for us, but some. I, I also encourage women to learn from other things that other women have been through to spare them from a lot of hurt and pain. That You know, that's, that's a good point. You don't have to experience everything to learn. You can learn from somebody else's experience. And for our listening audience, they can learn from our experience. They can learn by asking the right question. They can learn by getting counsel from, from their pastor or from someone that, that hears from God because, because we have to be sure, you, you know what I'm saying? God is yes, not going to leave us without understanding. Yes. But you can learn from someone else's experience without having to endure that experience yourself. Because there are many out there that, that that's probably um, going through, you know, this, pro- this waiting process like we did. Yes, and ma'am. hopefully they will hear and learn and, 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 and before because, and, and, and listen, because trust me, God does tell us. He shows us in subtle ways sometimes, in ways that we won't uh, listen to because we want what we want when we yes. want it. Uh-huh. But 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 to listen and be sure and ask the question, ask him the question. By any means necessary, get all the information that you you can, so you won't have to walk in my shoes. So somebody else won't have to walk in your shoes. Well, I thank God for you. I, I really do. Just to hear the love you know, in your heart and the forgiveness and just enduring, you know, what you've got to go through, you know, for someone else. I I, I just commend you on tonight. Well, thank you, and and pray for me. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All right. Ms. Harris. Yes. Tell us, how long have you um, been HIV positive? Uh, This year is 18 years. So God has preserved you for 18 years. Yes, he has. And you know what else? That's just, you know, and it's amazing because, you know, from the knowledge that I have with working with uh, with HIV and AIDS and prevention and so forth, you know, I know that HIV is only about 25, 26 years old. And so for you to be around for 18 of those 25 years, you know, it's just a testament to what God can do, you know, and so... You know, like with the with the topic of the show, still faithful. Your faith. You know, tell us, was your faith ever tested at, at at one point? You know, I know you say one time you you actually wanted to know why did God do this to me, but like other than when you first found out, you know, did you go through times where you just wanted to just say, you know, I'm not following God because He allowed this to happen to me? Not so much as as that. You know, because as you, as, as you grow in the Lord, but the times that when I was get so sick, you know, at early on, way long years ago, I, I guess about 10 years ago when I uh, uh, 
or before, they started me on med, medication, and my body rejected everything that they gave me. Hmm. And uh, I'm serious. People, I, I want people to hear my body rejected everything. And one day I was just sitting alone, and I stayed so sick. You know, I was a professional. I worked for the Department of Children and Families. So, you know, like I say, you know, uh, I, I was blessed. I was, you know, even in that, the Lord had provided for me. And I had started taking the drugs, and I, and I just, I was going through symptoms that, you know, uh, the side effects that I was going through, the doctors were baffled at that particular time because I was not supposed to be experiencing these things. And then uh, I was sitting in the chair, and the Lord told me, he said, he told me to take those pills and flush them. I got up and took those pills, and I flushed those pills. And uh, and each time I go, even I, I, every day, my faith is tested. Every time I get uh, uh, my test results back, my CD4 count, my viral count, my faith is tested. I still hear God say, don't take those drugs. Now, I'm not saying up to those people that are out there listening that, that, that may be on meds. This may not be for you. But I'm saying this is my faith. He said, don't take them. When my, when my T-cell count uh, uh, is is is, is in the low 200s, and my viral count is way up there. He said, don't take the drugs. And, uh, and, some, and it's tested. Sometimes a fear would enter in just, just for a short time because, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the T-cell count and the viral count instead of looking to the hills from which come in my health. I know that he covers that too at times, but my faith is tested every day, mm. every day of my life. I, you know, it, it, it's tested. Because I I go through my sickness, I go through my uh, uh, bouts of illness. Like I say, my, I'm, I'm here with my son and his two children, and and some of the things that they have to see me go through, I see fear on their face. But because of my faith, they don't stay there either. It's tested every day. Yes, Miss Harris, I have an email question. Okay. Uh, the question is: You you said that your husband was a good man. Mhm. And what the, the the question I'm 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 not reading it word for word what they're saying, but basically what they're saying is you're saying that this was a good man, but yet he infected you and didn't tell you everything that he should have told you. Yeah, I, you know that's I know it, it's it'll be hard for some people to understand. Like I said on, uh, before that, if he had told me, I'm not excusing. I wish he would have. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But that doesn't exclude him from being a good man. He made a bad choice. He really did. And I'm not condoning that, but but uh, through it all, he had to deal, you know, he had to deal with his own illness and the guilt of me being ill, too. Yes. And so, uh, and I know people may not understand, but you have to walk in faith to, to understand that through it all, God kept him and he kept me. And uh, that's when your faith is in action, when you're able to, to see the good in somebody after they have done something bad to you. Because if, if we're walking with the Lord and standing on his word, we can't stay there. If I had stayed there, if I talked negative about my husband, my husband is free. He's dead and gone. He died in 1994. But if I just stay stuck there and say he was not a good man, I do lie and tell the truth. He was a good man. And let me tell you something else, and it, it may be a bold statement. If my husband was alive today, I'll be with my husband still. That's how good of a man he was. 
He really was. He cared about people. I know he made a mistake. He cared. But the last few years of his life, he he, he dedicated his life to, to helping others. And that's all you can do. Miss Harris, you know, um, the, the question I wanted to ask you, you kind of answered it already. Okay. But um, I have another one that's kind of similar. Okay. How did your family react? Okay, that's a good one. Okay. My, uh, that was not, uh, let me go with my immediate, my children, my son. You know, they kind of went into a state of shock. They didn't say anything left or right, all right, for years. They did not. I just recently found out a year ago all that anger they carried in their heart for, for my husband. My son told me he went with me on a speaking engagement to FSU one time. And he, he, he confessed at that time to me, they never said a word to me, that he and his siblings had made up in their mind that if he hadn't died, they were going to take him out. They were just that, and I did not know know that. But because uh, he's able to talk about it now, he's he's able to let it go. I, and I imagine sometimes we don't talk a whole lot about it. But I imagine I, if I talk to him, especially my son that's here, he's uh, 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 because he sees me sick sometimes, and he wonders if he had if that man hadn't done this to me, my mama wouldn't be going through this. But we don't know. I could be going through something else, but that's another whole show. Yes, they were angry. Yes, they were angry at him. Yes. Ms. Harris, uh, you know, so many of our callers in past shows have dealt with being raped and molested at a very young age, and they're holding that anger. And when you said that about your son, it triggered something into me that we really don't know the power of forgiving people. I know. I wish. I want people to understand when when you let that when you forgive when you hold on to that stuff all that stuff that people have done to you you are like in prison you are still bound you can't even walk free your life is not even whole you're not not even enriched that there's things going on with you when you hold that 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 hatred that unforgiveness in but when you let it go. You can fly like an eagle. You are free. Those are burdens lifted because as long as you don't forgive, that person is going on living their lives and having a good time, and you are still back here in bondage. Yes, it's a hard thing to have to go through hard things, but when you can forgive, you can grow. You can grow. Yeah. No, but that person no longer have you bound. It's mm. like heaping coals of fire on that individual's head when you can forgive them and truly forgive them. And you're right, many people don't know the power of forgiveness. I, I've heard people saying, and you didn't kill him? No. No. But because I was able to forgive, I live a pretty good life. You understand what I'm saying? I live a happy life. Do I have rough days? Yes. But my, my, my good my good days are with my bad days. Do I sometimes wonder? Do I fall off into fear sometimes? Am I scared sometimes? Yes. But God is still faithful. Yes. But I can't carry myself. He carries me. And that's how when you can forgive, I hope everyone that's 
under the sound of our voices, it's when you can forgive, you can be free, totally free. Yes, yes. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. If you have a comment or a question for tonight's guest, our call-in number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Miss um, Harris, I want to focus in on something you said about, you know, when your sons were angry. You know, and and they wanted to they wanted to get at him. Mm-hmm. You know, how did that make you feel when you heard them say that? I, I had gotten to but I, I was really surprised because my sons, um, I guess they thought that you know, rather than share how they actually feel felt at that time uh, to me, I was really surprised. But I said, oh no, you know, because you know, because. If they had done what what was in their heart to do, you know, it would have been hard on me to visit them in a jail cell. It would have been hard on harder on me uh, to know that because uh, they wanted to kill him to take his life, and that, that they had come together and they wanted to take his life, but that would have been even worse. But and that was really shocking because they never shared it before. But you know, I, I'm just thankful that. Uh, he went the way God wanted him to go, and my my sons are still here and and not having to endure what they would have endured by taking someone else's life. Yes, yeah. uh, it, it was shocking. It was really surprising. I did not know. I did not know. And, if, you know, if I can say this, uh, my sons, because of my testimony, because they see me go through do you know they take the message of HIV and they share it? Yes, mm. awesome. They share it with my my uh, my son. Told me he, uh, he that's my mamba right there. I love this woman here, and he he takes my testimony and share it with especially a lot of his uh, female friends to give them strength. My son takes my testimony to places and and let them know that. Uh, he he was telling me he was sharing it with, uh, especially with the black churches. They were trying to come together at one time. He said, and they just showed two gay men. He said, uh, you're not going to get people's attention like this. He said, why don't you take this a 52-year-old black woman that's HIV positive that's a preacher in the church and put her face there? Then you'll get somebody's attention. You understand what I'm saying? So they share it. Yes. You know, it's being spread abroad. And I and I uh, and I'm thankful. You know, they're not sitting around uh, being sad for me, but they're taking what I what what they have to deal with, what I have to deal with, and using it for the edification of others. Yes, and you know what, Miss Harris? You know, when you were suffering, and your husband was was on his deathbed, your children had to have a relationship with God. They at that point when they saw their mother hurting, they had to do something. They had to create some type of relationship or get a stronger relationship with God because they were talking about harming this man. Mm-hmm. So that's something that they were battling with. They were battling with that. And I know it was a lot of nights that they didn't sleep because mm-hmm. you're their mother. No one can explain that type of love that a child has for his mother and to see his mother hurting 
it sounds like God stepped in and touched their hearts. Yes, Is that he what did. happened? Guess what happened? Yes, he did because, you, you know, even though they, they, they were dealing with it and they saw maybe while my husband was alive, they did not disrespect him. They did not treat him ill. You understand what I'm saying? So yes. I know that it's, it was a gift from God. It was a gift from God. He stepped in because they were brought up in the world. They were brought up in church. They knew that uh, it was better to forgive than to hang on. But they were battling, like you said. They were hurting. We went through some things. We, uh, I went through some things with them. But uh, through it all, God did step in. He's still faithful. And he, and he stepped in and touched their heart. And now they're able to, like I say, use it, you wow. know, for the good. You know, we have a question. Of some, uh, someone from MySpace asked a question. How did your husband get HIV? I, my husband at one time in his life was an uh, uh, IV drug user. Okay. I'm just assuming. I never, we, you know, when, I, when he told me, when I found out about that, uh, I don't know if, well, I'm sure he knew, but we just never discussed it at that at that point. But I'm sure at that time, sharing needles, I'm sure. At that time, he waited to, in his, um, when he got a little old and started, uh, you know, using drugs. Mm-hmm. So he would, he would share needles. Yes, yes. Yeah. Wow. You know, and I just think about, you know, the things that have happened all along the way where this disease has progressed from being, you know, a commonly IV drug user slash, you know, gay male disease, and now it's, you know, has even infiltrated the church. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I think it's important to, you know, to say that, because, you know, there's a lot of people who believe that, oh, I'll never get it. Uh-huh. I'll never get it. I don't have yeah. to worry about it. Uh-huh. You know, and here it is. Your story is sort of like the story that they're telling, that they're saying. You know, I won't have to worry about getting it because I'm going to get me a man out of the church. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. and my my husband's going to be godly. I'm going to get my Adam, and I don't have to worry about stuff like that. You know, and it's so important that you come on here and, and you told your story and you're telling your story to people, you know, because, you know, you don't know. You just don't know. You know, I play a game uh, usually when I go out and I talk to, to youth groups about HIV and some college groups even about HIV. You know, I play a little game with them and I have somebody pick a number and I have them all share a number and that represents like a, you know, that that they've been there with that person. Uh-huh. And then, you know, we say pick a number from 1 to 20 if it's 20 people. And I say everybody who's, you know, went over and shook number 20's hand, you're now infected. You know, and then as, as I said, everybody subsequently is infected. And it just spreads like wildfire. And once once you show them just how fast it can spread, you know, they're shocked. But that shock value doesn't last, you know, until they actually meet somebody who's positive. Uh, you, you know, uh, and that's the thing about it. Especially, uh, churches need to get on board and get more involved. You know, when I, my pastor, he was all for that. He was just waiting for my lead. You know, he didn't want to just go out there 
and tell the story. But when I when I obeyed the voice of God and I and I shared it, and he and he said, I, "I'm really proud of you," and that just opened up other avenues. Uh, you know, he was not ashamed of me uh, telling that because a, a lot, my husband was an ordained deacon, and he was a deacon indeed. So it, it, uh, he was like, I'm going to get my Adam. But, and like you say, you just never know who. And because people, you got people out there that are sitting in, in, in the church that's hurting. Some, some secretly are still in the, in, the, in the, you know, secretly they're bearing this burden alone because they feel like they can't share this thing with them because of, of the stigma. That's, that's still attached. You know, I always tell people that, yes, it really doesn't matter at this point in time in our lives how we got it. Right. It's what we're going to do about it right. and how you're going to treat people. You know, you know, that's not the big deal about how we got it. Nobody said, come on, HIV, I want you. No, you know, yes, we have risky behavior and risky business, but nobody ever thinks that. But you have to, uh, we have to program in our minds, just like this, this uh, show, I want people to know that it can happen to you. It's not, it's, this disease is not segregated to a certain uh, people, you know, certain gender, a certain race of people. It can happen to anybody. And once we get the, the message out, it's, it then at that point in time, it's left up to the individual to make a, the right choices. Yes, that's true. You know, Ms. Harris, we see so many young people hurting uh, Brian and I, we go into the jails, detention centers, and prisons. We we speak with the young people that are hurting. You know, I want you to say something to the young people. You know, when young people, or just not all young people, but people in general, uh-huh. when when they've received a bad report from the doctor or from the school or or from their parents, and when they hear that devastating news, what should they do? First of all, first thing I would tell them to pray. I would tell them to to pray because, and and then I would say life doesn't end with this disease or with with this bad report. You got to deal with that report and live. You know, it's it's not as easy as as it's coming out, but it you can do it. You need some support. You know, I had a good support system behind you know behind me, but you do need some support, talk to somebody, just don't give up, talk to God, talk to the pastor, talk to the counselor, talk to Greg, talk to Brian, talk to Miss Harris, talk to somebody because life doesn't stop. The disease is not you. That's just only one part of your life or the bad report is not you. You are more than just one account. You are more than just a bad report. You are more than just cancer. You are more than just HIV. And if you live, let me tell you something. If you live by faith, if if you laugh and you're happy and you go ahead on and live life and don't live in fear, you will uh, uh, keep whatever that bad report or whatever the disease in check. Because, but talk to somebody. Just don't hold it in. Share it. I would tell anybody to just share it and trust God to to handle it because He is in control. He is in charge. And he never makes a mistake. He knows what's going on. If you, you you just trust God, and he'll bring you through. Yes, yes. 
Ms. Harris, I want to just share some quick statistics on HIV in America. Okay. You know, it says, uh, well, as far as um, with African Americans, it says African Americans, even though blacks, including African Americans, account for about 13% of the U.S. population, they account for about half of the people who get HIV and AIDS. And it mm. says blacks with AIDS don't live as long as people of other races and ethnic groups with AIDS. This is due to barriers mentioned above, and a lot of the barriers include poverty, sexually transmitted diseases, stigma, which negative attitudes, beliefs, and actions directed at people living with HIV-AIDS or directed at people who do things that might put them at risk. You know, and so when we look at it, you know, as far as with the church, most of the time the church says, you know, you must have done something wrong. You know, they want to they want to try to label it as, you know, you did you you sinned. And so this is your punishment for sin. You know, but when I listen to you, you don't sound like that. That that's not why that happened to you. To me it sounds like this is just a way for God to minister to those who put themselves at risk. And so he decided to use you, and he preserved you all this time, you know, for such a time as this, where you can get out on the radio, go into, you know, the highways and the byways, and, you know, preach deliverance. Because God, even though he's delivered you through all those times you were sick, he's delivered you through all those times where you were, you know, ridiculed and pointed finger at and, you know, people don't want their kids to touch you and people were looking down on you. People were talking about you and all that stuff. And God has delivered you and he preserved you yes. so that you can go out and do his work. Yes, you have. You know, when you were telling about statistics and, and how uh, churches, how how someone would make it, you know, that's a dumb statement. Excuse me. But, you know, you say you must have sinned. You know, because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Isn't that what the Bible says? Yes, ma'am. So, so it's just not just uh, because you have done this that this is a punishment. Sometimes some things are just a wake-up call. And, I, you know, I beg the difference in, in teachers and preachers of people that say like that, what did Jesus have said? What did Jesus do to die on Calvary's cross for Did he sin? But hmm. he suffered and he died. For us, so what if Jesus would tell those people, "I'm not going to answer your prayer." You know, when people make statements like that, you must have sinned. That's why a lot of people, a lot of people lose hope because we as a race, you know, we need to come together and and help one another, especially in the churches. A church to me is supposed to be a hospital, and and you where you can just go in and get and and get healing from whatever is bothering you. But if the church turns its back on on the people, you wonder why that so many are dying. It's not from the disease. A lot of times so many people are dying from loneliness, from pain, because there's nobody out there that's reaching out to them. Because we are in something, we are, we're sitting up here on our on our cloud now, on our throne many times, people, and not caring about the people. A lot of people, and that's a sad thing, you know, with the statistics being as high as they are. But they wouldn't be 
if somebody just reach out, you know, if one person just pull one person in and just pass it on, just pay it forward, and uh, and uh, and the statistics will be lower. But it's not many times. It's not just dying from the disease. It's dying from loneliness. It's dying from where they don't see any hope. Yeah. They don't see any hope. People, the people lose the will to live. You know, it is, and it, it, it is not because of of, of, of that person's sin. Yeah, they did some things like that, but some people are not taught beforehand. Yeah. You know, it's easy to tell a person after something has happened, but you need to get them in and teach them be, before it happens. And yeah. so, you know, and I, 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 you know, I would, you know, ask churches to get on board because if if we can't, as churches can't help anybody, what good are you? Why are you there? You understand what I'm saying? Why would God call you to sit there and to criticize an individual? God is a forgiving God. Yes. And the, and I, we sin. I've sinned in my life. Have you have they? But I asked Him for to forgiveness and to forgive me, and He did. Therefore, I can pass forgiveness on and help somebody else. Yes. You know, with your with your strong and personal relationship that you have with God, you know, I want to ask you this: What are your mornings like now? Sometimes my mornings, uh, it, it's hard. Sometimes, you know, like you know, I I don't work. I'm I'm uh, not employed. You know, and the Lord has a plan, but I can't. You know, my days start late. You know, it's hard for me to get up early. You know, and then even if I do, even if I have to get up and go to a doctor's appointment, I really have to press my way. And when I press my weight, uh, uh, I'm able, you know, my, I can go for several hours, but I tire out easily, you know. But uh, and, and those things, but I don't focus on it, you know. It's kind of hard for me to talk about it because my mind is strong, you know. And sometimes my body just has to just have to sit down because my mind is still going on. But it's not an easy fight, trust me. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy fight, but because. Oh uh, God, I have sickness. I I have uh, uh, nausea just about every day of my life. I my, I could see my body's changing. Certain things are changing in my life. But you know, to look at me, you would say nothing wrong with it because I'm kind of plump now. You know, all these things are going through. He has preserved me. And uh, but uh, on the inside, as far as my my health, it's not the best. But I thank God that things are as well as they are. Yes, you know, and you said that you keep pressing on. That's something that we all must do. We can't just sit there and just think things will get better by themselves. We have to pray. We have to have that mind of victory. We have to attack our dreams. We have to attack our goals. We have to move. We have to constantly do something. So, you know, when you said that you're pressing forward, in your position you're pressing forward. Now, someone else on the outside that's out there right now that's listening, if you're going through something, I'm sure, and some of you may be going through worse things than Ms. Harris, but if you're not, you need to press forward. Yeah. You, you need to keep going. You can't stop because that's all the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to stop so he can isolate you from everybody else yeah. so that you will have that, those negative thoughts. You'll spend that time with him. Come on. When you should be actually praising God through it, because that's where your faith is going to kick in, and that's when that's what activates God. It's your faith that activates Him. Yes, it is. 
you know, you and Brian, uh, is it Greg or Brian? This is Greg. Greg, you, uh, uh, you and Brian said on the onset that, you know, uh, but without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith may God move. When you, you know, you, you, you put your faith in action no matter how bad you feel when you get up and you take that step. And as you as you begin to take that step, as you begin to just press your way on, then God can take a control from there, and and He be pushing you on through. And uh, and uh, as long as you have that desire to fight, God will will fight for you. Faith makes God move. You know, it's it's not easy because you know sometimes we want to see things happening. We want to see, but uh, if, if if we can see everything before, then we're not abiding by faith. We have to uh, uh, when we our faith steps in when we can't see our way out, but we press anyway. We just stand on God's promise, and when we can just stand on God's promise, and He's gonna do just what uh, He said, you know. I, and and I, you know, I'm grateful to God that you you invited me on this show because I have been blessed. Anytime I can talk about God, anytime I can hear people talk about God, I, it strengthens me because I know uh, from whence my help coming, and I and I know that. It is he that keeps me for those that are out there that can't see. Each day, you have to take it one day at a time. Press your way through that one day. Don't try to look past that one day to, to see farther off into the future. Just get yourself through that day. And each day begins to get brighter because we are stepping out on faith and we are pressing our way. And God is faithful, and he will do just what he said he'll do. Yes, yes. You know, Miss Harris, we just we're just blessed by your presence. I'm blessed by yours. You know, <laughs> um I remember the last time when we tried to get you on, you know, and you you were talking about how some days you just, you know, it's you have those rough days and some days you have those easy going days. Uh-huh. You know, the last time we tried to get you on was about a month ago. Uh-huh. And when we called you, you were, you know, you were having a battle, you were having, you know, you know, a rough time, and we can remember we called you right before the show start, and you said, I'm not going to be able to do it because I'm, you know, I'm having a little issue right now, and that show, believe it or not, that particular show spawned off a tremendous move in God, you know, and I'm just brought back to it because on that show, we had someone reveal, you know, because the title of the show was, Have You Been Tested? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it spawned off, you know, instead of us talking about HIV and AIDS, I mean, we talked a little bit about it, yeah. but we really start having people come in and call in and ask about, you know, and talk about and reveal their particular test that they had gone through. You know, one caller talked about their test that they had, through, you know, through battling leukemia. Mm-hmm. You know, another came on and talked about how they had been raped, mm-hmm. you know. And from there, just everybody start, you know, just coming on and they were sharing their testimony. And so, believe it or not, just the mere, just your mere presence, even when you weren't there, God was moving through you. Well, praise God. You know, and so we just, we just want to thank you. I know Greg, he, he, I know he's, he's probably over there jumping up and down right now because I know I'm ready to. But we know we just thank you for coming on the show. Um... Are you available to go out and speak? I know that sometimes you may not be able to, but um, we'll take it for you. 
you know, if if you want to give out like an email address, if you have one, where people can contact you, you know, to send maybe words of, you know, a love or, or just a fellowship with you. Yes, I do have an email address, but you know what? I just can't remember. My granddaughter has to give kids excuse me. That's okay. We they can contact can, us. Yeah, we'll have contact, contact us to get yep. in touch with you. We'll get in okay. touch with you. And yes, yes, I I will, and I'm, I'm available anytime I, I'm able. If you know, because uh, this is a mission, I you know, and I'll tell you if I can, if I, if I don't have anything scheduled, if I can get there, you know, I'm available. Amen, amen. I'm available. Brian, make sure you give out your information. Yes, yes. Um, if you want to contact me, you can reach me at info at mindalteringstrategies.com. And you can also go to my MySpace page. It's www.myspace.com slash Brian J. Henderson. Yes, and my information, you can reach me by email at gregoryturner at abundantsolutionsenterprises.com. You can also go to my website at www.abundantsolutions.com and you can also go to my MySpace page, www.myspace.com backslash ASE Motivation. Ms. Harris, we thank you so much for blessing us. I tell you, you've really blessed a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people didn't call in because there was, uh, you know, there really wasn't a lot of questions that could be asked because you covered everything. You went through so much. So many times I wanted to ask a question or Brian wanted to ask a question. You already answered it. <laughs> well, I hope I didn't talk too much. No, you didn't. No, you, no. You, you, were, you were awesome. And we just thank you and love you so much. We just love the fact that you're, you're being bold, you're being obedient, and you're helping others. Well, I love you too, all, and I thank you anytime. <laughs> anything you want to talk about, if you want me on again, and talk about anything else besides HIV, there's some other stories, I'd be glad. Well, I would bless you. love to have you back. Yes, we would. Yes, will. and I love to do it. Yes. I would love to do it. Thank God for it. Yes, with that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. And tonight, a lot of people had that. And I think, Ms. Harris, a lot of people were healed, and the healing process has started. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you.